0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this episode of the No Shot Clock podcast. It's podcast number 85, it's, and it's a podcast that's devoted to high school basketball in Illinois, and, and uh, joining me is Michael O'Brien. I'm Joe Henrickson of the City of Suburban Hoops Report, Michael O'Brien, of course, from the Chicago Sun-Times, and before we get going here a reminder to listeners that we are available on iTunes and Stitcher. And if possible, please rate and review us. If you get the chance as it does help people find us in the podcast world. And, and Mike, we've got, uh, to recap a really, really busy weekend of high school basketball that kind of lived up to what we hoped it would. And we're going to take the, you know, the questions that have come in for us. we're going to do our two takes and, uh, kind of do a little weekend review of of what we saw over the past three four days
1: it's been a um really two weeks for me of madness i'm exhausted (laughs) i have to say
0: yeah i think we do this every year where we talk about how tired we are about mid-december because of the early onslaught of the barrage of when you go back to back I, i didn't hit as much as you did on sunday but i'm still i think we've done this in the past too i'm not a big fan of High school basketball on Sundays. I just for whatever reason, but um, yeah, you go back to back days. Oof. Yeah, it's, it's a killer.
1: Little beat day off here, and then we'll be back. It's actually, I think, a better week than you thought, Joe. Um, coming up, they're, they're on a uh, ton yeah, of games, I, but they're a good. Yeah, one. there's a
0: there's a couple games Saturday that were intriguing, and oh, Friday's a little weak.
1: It is. Yeah, there, there's no standout game Friday, just a lot of decent ones. That That's definitely true. Um, all right, well, let's uh, start up with these questions. We've got pretty much the usual amount here, five or six or so. Um, I'll start it up from Brady Roberts. He says, Mike and Joe, on a scale of one to ten, with one being not concerned and ten being very concerned, where would you rate these teams and why? He has a list, so you. Well, I guess we'll just start going through it. Um, Brother Rice, how concerned are you about them, Joe?
0: Uh, after watching them, so one is the not concerned, right? Yes, so
1: yeah.
0: I'd say a six. I, mean, I, I you know I, I watched them for the first time or not for the second time and they from the first time that I watched them, I think even though they lost, I thought they looked better. So and that's natural from Thanksgiving to till, till now, but they did lose the game that we watched them. But yeah, I I, I think um, yeah, I mean I, I, Marquise Kennedy is just <laughs> so good, and and he's going to carry them. But I think their pieces. Remember, they lost six of their top seven scores from a year ago, and you know I I, I really like the sophomore Luke Mustakis. You know, I, he he stepped up big for brother Rice in that loss on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I I'd say six.
1: Yeah, you know, I was there, and I was I watched the end, maybe the fourth quarter, but I had to write during the first three quarters, so I don't feel super confident on giving my opinion on Brother Rice yet. They are on a three-game losing streak. Three good teams, though. They've lost to St. Rita, Providence, St. Mel, and Uplift. Um, have a nice win against Lincoln Way East earlier.
0: I, I think I, we had two different opinions on Brother Rice, a little bit. You had him in the top 25 preseason. Yeah. You were a little more bullish on them than I was. but So I guess you're coming back. I guess we're meeting in the middle.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Marquise Kennedy is so good.
0: So good, Mike.
1: That I'm not too concerned. I'll just, I'm going to give them an even five now. and And I think everybody's going to get better on that team throughout the season. So, I mean, that happens to everybody, but I think there's a lot of room for improvement on brother rice. So I still think they're going to be strong. I think they'll be back in the rankings um, sooner than later too. So I guess I'm not very concerned. <laughs> They've got a great coach and Marquise Kennedy and some other guys who can play. Um, this next one is interesting though. Carmel.
0: Uh, one or two. Uh, just some, I mean, the, I, I was, you know, they got a lot back. And just hearing some things with what's going on, and I mean, I heard Kamari Wilson barely or didn't start, then played very few minutes um, from their in their last game. You know, they've lost to Libertyville, they lost to Grant, lost wait, to Waukegan.
1: Wait, so you mean you're concerned, right? So oh would, yeah, I'm sorry, 10, nine, these nine or ten. Up. Yeah, See, ten
0: is the concern. Yeah, let's go 9-10. Okay, my fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nine. No, I'll give them a nine. Very concerned. Yeah. Um, Uh, There's obviously some some things going on
1: there. Yeah, they've been puzzling. Um, It isn't. I mean, they lost to Waukegan at Waukegan, but it was by 24 points. So that that's concerning. Um, also really close game against Nazareth this week, just by three points. Maybe that's when Wilson didn't play and Libertyville, that Libertyville loss is bad, but Libertyville's also been a confounding team. They've lost some games. They maybe shouldn't have beaten teams. They shouldn't have. (laughs) I don't know what's going on with them. So yeah, I am. I'll give it like an eight. I am also very concerned about Carmel. Um, next up Deerfield.
0: Yeah, I, I was, I, I, Deerfield, I thought, would contend for that conference championship, and they still could. They got a big one. With, I think they played Glenbrook North this week. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'd say a, a six or a seven there with Deerfield compared to what I saw. You know, Guard play was going to be huge for them. They are very big, very tall. Uh, obviously, I've not seen them yet this year, but just by going by scores and kind of where we're at, i uh, will give it a six.
1: Yeah, I I mean, they started know. out 0-4. Yeah. You
0: know, you know, they didn't play any bad teams. They don't have any bad losses. Uh, those were all kind of respectable teams, and the scores were – I mean, if I look at it, they lost to Lake Forest Academy by two in overtime, Mundelein by two, Warren by four. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just – we'll see. I mean, I, it's early. They can still contend for that that conference.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say about a six or a seven, two. They're three and four right now. And guards, when, whenever we mention that we're worried about guards, we're worried, <laughs> period. But, about you, that's not great. So I'd be worried about Deerfield. Uh, next up, Farragut.
0: I think they are who I think they were. So a five, I guess. Um, I didn't have, a, you know, I know another team you had your preseason top 25, I didn't think quite, quite as high of. Uh, they got a big win, obviously this weekend, but I, I'd say a five.
1: Yeah, I'm actually real high on Farragut now. Um, uh, Demetrius Schaefer, they're six five big. It's only a broken finger, so he's going to be back fairly soon. It sounds like, which is huge for them. And they wow, they had some young guys who played really well. Um, Malik Williams, tiny sophomore guard, was just a defensive. Monster. I mean, I think RB was like 6-for-30 or something from three-point range. And, you know, obviously they just did not shoot well, but Malik Williams was just hounding the perimeter like a madman the whole game. He was really impressive. So were both of the freshmen, McQuan um, and Mikel Jones. They're about six four, six five. Derek Clark, who, who's like a 6'3", sophomore with a weird body, which Farragut seems to get a lot <laughs> of times, I did. There's a lot of youth on that team that played really well already. You know, they got smashed by Young, um, running clock. So that, I mean, that's obviously not great. And then they lost a close one to Orr. Then this win against RB, I think they're going to be back in the rankings. Um, Aaron Strong didn't play real good in the... Um, RB game and they still won so that's also a good sign but you know they're young they're an awful lot like uh who were we just talking about brother rice too with a lot of these guys but I yeah I liked what I saw that was a really big win for them I think the game was like delayed by an hour the RB game yeah Yeah,
0: that's kind of garbage
1: yeah so and I'm guessing that helped Farragut more than RB yeah they're kind of used to the (laughs) the madness but yeah I was impressed with a lot of these young kids gosh it's too bad Reggie Strong is not on that team or
0: yeah. Big loss. I mean, that's yeah. a,
1: it's uh all right. Next up Hillcrest.
0: I don't really have any concerns. I think two, I mean, I I, I think they're just going to be fine.
1: Yeah. I, boy, I thought they were going to pull out that Kenwood win. Um, yeah. I'm not concerned about them at all. You know, Dylan West is continuing a really high level of play. You know, they had a nice win against Richards over the weekend, even though they did lose to Kenwood and none of their losses. I mean, they've lost to Bloom, Marion Catholic, and Kenwood. This is. And I will, I will
0: a, say, though, I mean, and you are a big proponent of this, If we start talking on our rankings and we talk about our, our buy and sell, our stock report that we do. And at some point, though, they're going to have to get Kenwood, a win. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, They've placed three really good teams, really good teams in Bloom, uh, Marion Catholic, and Kenwood and they've dropped all three. Richards is probably their – well, Thornwood and Richwoods or Richards is probably their two biggest wins. But, yeah, they're, they're going to have to come up with a marquee win here at, at some point. They'll, they'll have their opportunities. Um,
1: yes, yeah, so I guess my number would be maybe a three or four. Um, Kenwood up next, who they beat uh, – or, sorry, who beat Hillcrest earlier. They are uh, seven and two now, I believe. Really close loss to Waukegan. I, I learned something I did not know. Um the R B loss was without R. T. Stapleton, which that's their best player. Um Correct. So that's kind of huge. It kind of it, it kinda of put into context, you know, the why was it hurt was the that was. Yeah, it sounds like something was up. Um so yeah, he did not play. So that that, that kind of changes everything for me on how I'm looking at Kenwood. I mean I really like I think, you know, Siri Lewis is still feeling it out. You know, he has moments where he's Kind of dominant, and then you know he'll disappear for a little while. But man, Lamont Johnson is a monster
0: on that team. Yeah, he gives them some energy, some yeah. some feistiness, and toughness, um, and a little bit of scoring. So yeah, I mean physicality, and uh, brings all that to the table for them.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about them at all. I'm higher on them than I was in the preseason, actually. So yeah, about I mean two or
0: three. I mean yeah. I, I'm not no.
1: Yeah, one or two for me. Naperville Central, next, a team I have not seen.
0: Saw them Friday, and we'll put that as a ten. Uh,
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> the the winless Red Redhawks. I went and saw a couple of you know Chris Conway, their junior prospect, and yeah, uh, yeah that that is a. Um, I don't know if I can bring that train back on the tracks because it's, it was ugly and uh, defensively, offense, any way you look at it. So they they were a team that was expected to contend for the DuPage Valley Conference. It's a five team league now. And they are zero six or zero seven, so I, I, it was, it was a mess. So yeah, I'll, I'll put a, a ten on that one.
1: Notre Dame, they are five and four. I, I believe Joe was at. The, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll be a ten with Joe on. <laughs> Neighbor center if you cared about my uninformed opinion, but uh, Notre Dame, uh, I think Joe saw them lose to Saint Lawrence yesterday. They're five and four.
0: Yeah, normally you would say, all right, it's five and four. High expectations. I had them in my preseason top twenty-five. I can't remember if you did
1: 25, uh, yeah.
0: 25 yeah. So you would say, oh, they must be a you know eight-nine. I mean, you could clearly see they're not in sync, especially towards the end of the game. They're young, so you can't. You combine a couple of factors: one, they're young, and two, I think. Coach Clancy, Kevin Clancy said they've they've had like seven practices altogether so far because of that football run and and different things. So, I mean, you know, I, I'll put a little bit higher, like a, a, at a five or a six. Uh, but I, I still think, you know, I don't think they're going to contend with the upper echelon of the suburban Catholic Conference, but they're going to they're going to upset somebody and they're going to be a dangerous team. Christmas on. And I I really believe that because Troy D'Amico and Anthony Sales, who they are, they're two special sophomores and they, they played really good, but again, they just weren't completely in sync. And, uh, but yeah, I I think they're going to be fine, but there is a little bit of concern just because of the start, but not as much because of the things I, the factors I talked about.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty concerned about Notre Dame. You know, when you do these concerned things, you know, hillcrest and farragut you know they're 3a teams and and i think they're both 3a teams that could be in a sectional final whereas notre dame they're a 4a team and i don't think we're gonna see them in a sectional final from what we've seen i'm I'm a little worried i thought they'd be a little further along at, at this point so i'm gonna go like six or seven
0: yeah, I just—I mean, they're sectional. I just didn't anticipate them being like a sectional final team. I just—I kind of all env- envision them being this young, talented, dangerous team that's gonna, you know, win twenty games. Uh, we'll see if they could get to twenty wins. But I just—I just—I just, I mean, I ranked them yes, but you no. Know, we'll see. I, I still think they're gonna be the team I thought they were gonna be just a little bit later in the season.
1: Oak Park.
0: You give your number first.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, ten.
0: Ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I I'm. I gonna go high. Uh, I'll go seven.
1: They were down by ten at one point to or <laughs> yesterday. It is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, Pontiac's gonna be huge for them. I, they're, they're gonna have to. I mean, then, then you, before I completely, not that either one of us are bailing on them, but. You know the 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 record isn't that bad. It's just the losses. Uh, was Deshaun Enoch playing at Thanksgiving the whole time? That's another question I had in the RB game.
1: <laughs> no, I but, think he was gone for the RB game, but I believe he was back for the Fen. Was he back for Fenwick? I don't remember it. They're six and two now, and those are the two losses: RB and Fenwick. I just
0: again I, not horrible losses.
1: Beat Saint Rita, yeah. beat Or,
0: beat Or. Yeah. So I mean, the ten, ten's a little high, don't you think?
1: No, because I, I had huge expectations for them.
0: I, I did too. I, 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 I still my expectations are still big. Uh, they're the eighth seed at Pontiac, so that's a dangerous spot to be in. When you're, I mean, you go and play the one seed, obviously that second round. So they could be out of our, out of our holiday tournament world quickly. Um, you know, but uh, opportunity for them to kind of. Reclaim some of that preseason hype.
1: They're, they're the eight seed of Pontiac. They were the ten team in the preseason Super Twenty Five.
0: So is Pontiac that good, or is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but that's why the, I'm concerned. combination of both. Yeah. yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, you you put it at ten, I put it a seven. So we've got some concerns.
1: Uh, Riverside Brookfield,
0: Uh three or four. I mean, they're going to roll through their. I shouldn't say roll through their lay Or Christian is going to be. Uh, yeah a dogfight with them uh the problem is going to be that sectional you know that's going to be a bear of a sectional and but i mean this is a 20 i think it's a 20 plus win team they're going to be one of the top two or three teams at the york holiday tournament you know in december later this month so you know i don't have a ton of concern i think they got they're senior dominated they got good guard play and they're very balanced so not not and and I'm sorry, that, that delay thing, it's just, uh, you're in a routine, you're ready to roll, and you have an hour wait, you know, I, I, not that the loss is a loss, but uh, that's not you know, really conducive to, to everything you're trying to do on game day.
1: Yeah, I didn't, um, I clearly saw their worst performance of the year, um, it wasn't real great, But I didn't have super high expectations to begin with. And then they kind of shocked everybody with how quick they got out of the gate. So I'll just give it a five. We'll see. Um, Uplift.
0: Nine. Eight or nine. I just just see too much of the same stuff, Mike, from past Uplift teams. Uh, I, I, I still... Marquise Jacobs is still a, a wild card to me for being who he is as a player and a star and capable of carrying a team. I, I just, I really worry about this team going forward, especially trying to do some of the heavy lifting they're going to have to do in the public league.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, this is a team I've seen a few times now. And um, yeah, I would have thought, I mean, they'd be 0-6 without Marquise Jacobs um, for sure. They'd have lost to Mather. They only won by six with them. Um, They did not have DeAndre Vortis for the loss at Lane, which is a big piece for them. But, I mean, yeah, I expected to see more. I'm very concerned, probably a seven or eight. I still have kind of some hopes that they will figure it out, but these guys aren't that young, you know, and they're not inexperienced, you know, Italian Brown and DeAndre Vortis. And they just, it's not quite there yet. They're clearly... Totally dependent on Marquise Jacobs' heroics, which is bad. Um,
0: West... Italian Brown, he really. Well. I really like Italian Brown, by the way. He 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 was terrific on Saturday in you know, the um, in the game against
1: Brother Rice. Against Rice, yeah, and he, he needs to just be more consistent with that because you know I've seen him have a, a very good game this year, but I, I just I don't know what something's not clicking with Uplift at this point. Um, West Aurora.
0: Same thing, seven or eight. Uh, uh, the Mark—I don't want to pick on Marquise Walker, but the the experiment has not gone great uh, the last couple years, and and I don't see it going great right now. Um, I, not granted, this is not a extremely talented Westroar team, but they've got pieces that are that are good enough to, you know, they're an eight-nine game in that Pontiac Holiday Tournament. Uh, they are going to win a a bad conference in the Upstate Eight, uh, and you know I just have some concerns about them be- beating anybody of real relevancy.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't super high on West Aurora, and they're actually a little little bit better than I kind of thought they might be. Uh, they've lost to Oswego East and Bloom. They've beaten everybody they should have, including right. a really nice wins. Now, I mean, DeKalb's a good team. Uh, they beat DeKalb, they beat Oswego, you know, that's a pretty good team, so I'm not worried about West Aurora at all, I'd give it like a one or a two, I think they've done you with You clearly the sh-
0: haven't seen them
1: Oh no, I did, um, I saw the um... I just,
0: I was just, yeah
1: Yeah, I don't know, I guess it's what you expected, I didn't expect a ton um, Who did I see them play? Bloom? Uh, Bloom? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the Chicago League Classic. (laughs) That's
0: (laughs) a 20-point game.
1: Yeah. Well, Bloom's awesome. (laughs) They had Morgan Park down by 17. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's still going to be a – I just don't trust them as a team that's going to make a big push, I guess. You know, Uh, they're still going to win games. They're still going to push towards 20 wins.
1: They could knock off Oak Park in that first round of Pontiac.
0: Well, since we gave Oak Park a, <laughs> yeah. you gave me ten and I gave him a
1: seven or eight, then yes. Uh,
0: you... Look, like I got some high numbers there for me. Oak Park West Aurora game.
1: Yeah, there you go. it's a nine p.m. I, that's like that's the best game at Pontiac in the first round, and it, it's the nine p.m. game, which is by then I'm I'm dragging severely. All right, Brady, Brady Roberts
0: just gave us a whole segment.
1: Yeah, seriously. Sorry, spent too long on that. <laughs> um, he also mentions that we've talked about the North lawndale Marshall rivalry. And all their shenanigans got me wondering what are some of the most intense rivalries out there. Well, FYI, this game was stopped <laughs> on Friday uh, with, like, 40 seconds left. I, somebody actually sent me the video. It's You just see, like, a fight in the corner starting, and you can't really – you don't see any fight, really. You just see a rumble, but, like, you could hear the coaches tr- getting the teams away and kind of the the, the panic – and the rushing away from it is, was a little alarming and upsetting, um, how quickly they knew something was going to be very bad and got the hell out of there. Like, it, w- it wasn't one of those situations where everybody stood around and waited to see if the game was going to be called. The, they am- immediately ran away, <laughs> both teams. It was like they knew that they had to get out of there immediately, and it was a little scary. Um, so, yeah, that, their, that rivalry, I don't even know if uh, rivalry is not the right word for North Lawndale Marshall at this point. It's um, a dangerous uh, game. Top rivalries now, Joe? Uh,
0: I mean, Morgan Park, Simeon, Retriever, Evanston are probably the most oh, relevant ones.
1: Adam Miller and the Four Blind Mice. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's revved up Bogan, Morgan <laughs> Park now. So, uh, I, I will say that I think, because I like when rivalries mean something. You know, I mean, I mean, Brother Rice Maris is terrific, but that one's not going to be a whole yeah lot this year. Maris is a little down. You know, Brother Rice Maris. Nutria Evanson though is going to be that's going to be fun because they're they're both they could meet, you know, in in a sectional, and those are two rivals that are both ranked caliber type of teams, and it's probably the best one out there in in the suburbs right now.
1: Uh, North Chicago and Waukegan is pretty great. Yeah, um, I yeah. always enjoy that. That the 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 people care, not just the teams. Um, so that's a ton of fun. Also,
0: we're kind of lacking, though, though. So you know what I mean? We're kind of lacking some really good rivalries with you know, like East or West Rora used to be awesome, the, the best. And it's ugh, nothing now uh, because of the where East Roar is as a program.
1: Yeah, that's not great. Um I mean I don't know, I read it in the paper today, Juliet Central and Romeoville's become quite the tussle. Um, that's one that's really building six consecutive overtime games, which is insane. When you think of it. they've already played two overtime games this year. Um there's a lot of back and forth there. Mark Howard it was a steel he played for the Steelmen. There's been some, you know, kids moving around <laughs> over there, so there's some passion in that one. That one's definitely growing. Um, the Western suburbs, like the Lions, Hinsdale Central, you know, they're just not good. Right. Um, because that's a great rivalry. Oak Park Fenwick, you know, is happening. Um, down south, the HF Marion game was great again this year. That does not get enough credit because it happens so early. In the year, but that was a packed gym again with, you know, the fans chanting at the turncoat transfer. <laughs> that he's there. I mean, that that was excellent. Um, what else? Any more up north Or eh, I think that's about Bowlingbrook-Romeoville. Everybody was already talking about. I had about 17 people ask me if I was going to Bowlingbrook-Romeoville.
0: Yeah, um, I did that last year. Which I don't think I'm it going, was... but. That one was a dud.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it's at the Bolingbroke gym, which, you know, not one of my favorites. So anyway, uh, we could better move on from Brady next up. I think it's this question is from Darian Binion from Kankakee. Um, and I I guess it could be the father, but I think it might be our first ever question from an active player. Uh, he wants to know if he and his brother are one of the best backcourts in the state.
0: We'll go best one of the best backcourts in the south suburbs. Uh, I can't really put it in the state.
1: Yeah, the state would be tough. Uh, but, man, I will say, I'm not sure. Eh, as far as teams I've seen this year, those brothers controlled that game. Set the pace, dominated. Yeah, you know, it was just Rich South. But when I saw them, they definitely they controlled the game. Everything went through them. So they, they were definitely one of the more dominant pairs I've seen so far this season.
0: And, and Jacqueline Jack Binion, the the. Five seven senior point guard is he's, he's our leading returning scorer from a year ago and assists and he was MVP of every tournament they played in last year. So yeah, I mean he's he's a terrific student. He's he's fun to watch. He puts pressure on opposing teams. Gets into a teeth of a defense. So yeah, I they're they're fun. He's uh, I, it is one of the better backcourts in South Suburbs for sure.
1: Um Next up from Terry O'Rourke. He says, I cannot wait to see Danville at Pontiac. How do their sophomores rate with the best sophomores in the state?
0: Well, Tevin Smith was, is one of the top 10 prospects in that class. And he was their sixth man for the most part last year for a very experienced team uh, at Danville. And from what I heard, he played terrific in the, in the win over Bloomington. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, something like that. So Yeah, he's he's one of the top sophomores in in the entire state of Illinois.
1: Yeah, I, boy, I was very impressed with them. Actually, sorry, breaking news. (laughs) I just got a text. I was distracted. Um, Mike Reingruber says that Artiste Stapleton did play during the whole Riverside Brookfield game. Kenwood, so I didn't want to have our false information out there. He was not listening to our phone calls. He's listening live. (laughs) No. um, Is he in the, is he in the studio with you? He, I had commented, I had an RB fan. I was going back and forth with on the, on the, post online, uh, of the rankings post, and I mentioned that RT Stapleton did not play, and so he was telling me he did, so, um, so yeah, take back, uh, rewind the podcast, delete that part, I wish I'd known that when I was doing the rankings, because yeah, that meant a lot to me, um,
0: <laughs> well, as it should have, but I mean, I, I think we would have heard it though before,
1: but I got it from a very, let's just say a very good source, <laughs> so,
0: I'm, Your city sources.
1: All right. I'm confused. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, we were talking about Danville. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about a little bit more in one of my takes. But if Danville beat Bloomington, I'm excited to see a lot more than Danville's sophomores. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Um, but they must be really good. And that's going to be a real fun team at Pontiac. Um, next up is from J. Reddy. Um Let's see. It's a long one. We we gotta quicken this up here. He's talking about Lincoln Way Central. How they played four sophomores, um, including Bob Curran's own son. His name's Sean Curran, I believe, and wanted to know about basically kind of tanking style. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it tanking, but you know, teams that played young kids and lost a lot of games, and if that's been successful in the past, and who what other teams have done that? Um, Well, it's
0: definitely not tanking. I mean, in high school basically you're doing this if you've got seniors and sophomores that are the same you do tend to go young and uh there's no use in keep you know keep playing if you're not gonna be successful uh but yeah there's there's no tanking and god that'd be terrible start tanking in high school now
1: yeah but we, we have had it it's like bloom did it um and it sounds like it didn't go well internally. Dante Maddox was talking about that, that the school and the kind of fans and kids have been upset that they played those young kids the last few years and lost all those games. Um, which was interesting for me to hear. I didn't realize that he basically said the kid, the team has been hated on for the last two but years.
0: Lost all those games. I mean, they last year they still won 18 games. Yeah.
1: Well, two years ago they lost a lot. Um, So, yeah, man, I guess that left a bad taste in the school's mouth. And so, yeah, it was very interesting to hear. So, Bloom is a team, and clearly now it's paying off. Joliet West, um, that group, you know, with Kirk and Bell and um, the big guy and all, they lost a ton of games as sophomores, I believe. Um, But then they came up and, you know, had a really nice senior year. I feel like we've seen it a little bit more often recently than in the past. Uh, Waukegan, another good example that started a bunch of kids as sophomores, you know, was it about 500? So if anything, I think it's kind of catching on. Yeah, um, no, I don't,
0: I don't, not necessarily buying that one, but. but do you I mean, remember I've, it happening I've just before? Seen it for, yeah. There's always, it's always, in high school it just seems like there's always these groups that come along and they, they, they start talking about them in seventh and eighth grade and they, you know, I mean, obviously it's, more prevalent in the last 20 i mean i'm not going back 25 years because we've talked about this before that people didn't play freshmen and sophomores as much it was a big deal to get brought up to varsity when you're a freshman and sophomore and now it's it's kind of the norm so in that in that regard yeah i agree but i'm talking more like those like a group of them you know when you get that group that special group you try to keep them together and you know i i I mean, I, I'm, I'm sputtering here to come up with prime examples from 10 years ago or 12 well, years the ago. The only
1: one I can really think of, that's what I think it's happening more. Lincoln Park had that group with Michael Thompson that started young and didn't ever but, quite achieve the success.
0: I have to go dig through my old City of Suburban Hoops report copies. <laughs> Fine. <Yeah. laughs> Find these teams in my rankings where they went young, but uh,
1: yeah, it is interesting, and uh, you know, I've seen it have mixed results, kind of goes both ways. We'll see how it turns out for a walkie, but
0: I think here. it predominantly always is a plus most of the time,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. I'm, I was just talking about how if they kind of a year of
0: when they got. go through the yeah. growing pains, yeah, it can be
1: rough off that, and uh, let's move on, Jack Lydon here. Um, It's funny, he sent this after the podcast last week, it was a little late, but he wanted to know if St. Viator has a deep enough bench to keep up the high ranking. I think they rose a spot or two. Um, You know, they don't have a deep bench. They don't have much of a bench at all. You know, even all the starters, you know, aren't super. I
0: will say, if there's one overrated thing in high school basketball, it's depth. I find it it highly overvalued. You, You
1: need two guys, in my mind. That can come yeah, in. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, if you, got, if you go down to a just the bare bones as your sixth man, yeah, I kind of get it, but I don't know. I, I, I get caught into it, the depth. I, I even say it, right, talking right about it, the depth, and I don't know. I mean.
1: It, it, I mean, it cost Julia West. It's my the team I had so much hope for two years ago. They were not deep enough. They didn't even have that seventh guy, and it killed in that Bowling Brook game, you know, when Kirk fouled out. Um so you, you I think you do need 7. After that, yeah, who cares? Really. Um having 10 awesome guys isn't much more help, you know, than having 6 or 7. Um but man, Viter, they're so good. I they
0: No, they their core is really good and, yeah. and and their junior group is going they're they're going to get better junior, as the season yeah. wears on. Uh Kachera has just gotten back recently. He looked a little bit out of sorts a little bit um, on Saturday. He's just going to get better, and then Jeremiah Hernandez and Trey Calvin. Or I'm sorry, they're, they're, you can't you can't replicate what they do for for their t- particular team because they are playing well together. They're feeding off each other. Uh, Trey Calvin is this unselfish star. Hernandez has taken his game to another level. So they've got a one-two punch that can really carry a team. Uh, against the elite teams
1: yeah and the supporting cast you know they might not be future college players or whatever but they aren't making mistakes and hurting you you know i I thought they played really well um, in both games i've seen saint viator overall so they've
0: got a couple guys you mentioned college players i know you're probably talking maybe division one but they've got guys that are going to be playing college basketball uh in addition to calvin and hernandez though
1: um let's see uh is the football hangover a real thing jack asks I mean, I don't know if it's so much as a, of a hangover as I mean, you just played a football whole football thing. season, yeah. Um, like Anthony Sales, Marquise Irving, oh, you know, at Hillcrest. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure it does take a little while to kind of switch gears and realize that when you're going up for a layup, someone isn't going to crush you <laughs>
0: necessarily. Um but... a lot of things. The conditions different. Um, the, the timing all of it, I mean, I, I, I generally think it little a deep into the football I mean, you got to get at least three, four weeks in, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. And some bigs I've seen that play like the line and stuff, I feel like their footwork is weird um, early from what I've seen. But anyway, yeah, I think, I mean, it's just kind of human nature. Um, last question here um, from Brandon. He was talking about uh, Devin Davis from Westinghouse who is putting up monster numbers. He's been in the notebook a few times, cracked 30 a handful of times already. I have not, he asks if we've gotten a chance to see him. I don't know if you have, Joe, but I have not ever seen him. But Just
0: wa- just watched uh, uh, Westinghouse Fenwick and Westinghouse Bennett on on uh, some tape, breaking it down. But uh, he's good, I and mean, he, he can really shoot it. It's a sweet stroke, elevates on his jumper, has a good feel. He's he's about five eleven, five ten, five eleven junior, and he can really play. So he's legit, and he's worth watching, and and uh, is on the radar of, of going forward as a, as a college prospect.
1: Nice. All right, that's a short trip for me some night. <laughs> Get out over there and see him. But yeah, I definitely been noticing that. Oh, that's exciting to hear. All right, um, highlighted the podcast so far for me. Uh, all right, that took a ton of time, but. We're going to roll on here. Two takes, Joe. I'll start it out. My first take briefly hit on the Kankakee group, but I wanted to talk about them again because I think, in a weird way, they might have helped me understand 3A basketball. (laughs) It only took how many years? 12? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how many years it's
0: been, but... I figured out three A basketball twelve years ago.
1: She just asked me. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear what that opinion. Is. All right, we won't. We
0: won't go. Yeah,
1: yeah. That. This Kankakee team in a four. If they were in a two class world, would not be a team we spent much time talking about. Not to rip the K's. Um, I, I'm not sure they'd have been a much of a threat coming out of the South Suburbs, and th- they'd have had a chance. You know, they'd have been there. But in three A, they are a legit threat for Peoria. Um, You know, I knew about Jaquan Binion, Joe talked about him, and TJ Wicks. Um, Darian Binion, the, the player who sent us the question, has improved so much. I honestly don't even remember him from the game I saw last year. And he was better than his brother. He's much taller. He's about—he's at least six feet tall. It has been an excellent scorer. I think he's their leading scorer this season um, by quite a bit. So that's added a ton to that team to have that backcourt. And then Lavelle McIntosh. He's a 6'3", 6'4", junior, who is really an excellent post player. You know, kind of that wide-shouldered, undersized guy in the post who likes to play the post. So you got him kind of as the rock down there, and that allows TJ Wicks to play more of a, you know, small forward-type position. He had a couple threes in the game, and they just – they've really – Chris Pickett, he's figured it out somehow, the coach. This team – it, all, it wasn't quite there last year. There, it seemed to be maybe some chemistry issues, and there was kind of a weirdly negative overall feel around a talented team. That's gone. They, these guys are together. They were so unselfish, always making that extra pass, and it was a really impressive performance against Rich South. The community was out there watching the game. It, things are happening down in Kankakee, and that was kind of exciting to see, and I, I'm very interested to see how far they can go in 3A. They went down to Springfield, Missouri, I think, and lost to a, what I hear is a very good team from Texas by like 12 points over the weekend.
0: So fast forward to March, they're in the Pontiac sectional or wherever they yeah. go this year. Marion Catholic, Hillcrest are clearly probably the top two teams. Yeah. can't key. Knock one of those two off or both off.
1: I like I w- I think the Hillcrest game would be very close. Marion, I'm pretty high on. I think that's going to be tough for them. You know, they lost to Bloom by eight, I think. And that's closer than a lot. So, so yeah, I think I think based on that Bloom game, you know, you've got to be pretty high on them. They're going to have to improve. TJ Wicks is going to have to become more of a dominant force than he was in the game I saw because, you know, Martise Mitchell and all – yeah, I think they've got a chance to win one of those games. Because
0: last year, I remember they were the one seed, and Hillcrest was the two. Yeah. And they're and their um, and Hillcrest got upset by I think it was Rich East. Rich I think. East, yep, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, my first take is it's, it's not so much as a take; it's just kind of a going down memory lane. Little of the high school the podcast listeners who are diehards. I wonder what our average age is of our listeners, if you had to guess. A 10-year age range, what would you guess?
1: 64 to 74. No. <laughs> that, that's the newspaper, sorry. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no clue. That's a really good question.
0: Because uh, really, really, I think a lot of people will remember Eric Anderson. And, you know, I, my my time of watching basketball, I still believe the 1980s was the, was the best that I've ever You know, just the mystique about some of those teams, the amount of players that came through. A's were awesome. And Eric Anderson, those that are my, you know, if you're anywhere from my age or older, so if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s, you you completely remember Eric Anderson, if you're a high school basketball fan. He was a dominant figure. And he passed away this past weekend at age 48. He led these sales to... The only time DeSales has ever done really anything as far as state tournament play to a second-place finish in 1988. And I just still remember, I was in Champaign, and I remember the excitement of everybody wanted this matchup to materialize. You know, y'all, everybody, we still talk about today, like we hope to see this, hope to see that. And it's kind of gone away a little bit with the stupid four classes. Anyway, this is like, goes back to two-class basketball where DeSales was – a small, small, small double A school, yet and everybody—they were like the little team that could. And Eric Anderson was a McDonald's All-American, Mr. Basketball, uh, high major recruit with all the Big Ten after him, six nine. And I still remember the excitement and the anticipation of everybody wanting this Eric Anderson, LaFonso Ellis state championship game matchup and eighty eight well, I guess that's 92, ninety well, thirty years that's that's crazy to think but and it materialized and they both did they, they didn't disappoint East St. Louis Lincoln beat the sales in the championship game. They both had twenty some points and double figure rebounds and uh, so instantly when I heard the news this morning that Eric Anderson passed away at forty eight this past week and I, I I just wanted to kind of make you sure just think about what high school basketball was like. And then the number of people, we're just talking about Kakee, Chris Pickett sent a tweet uh, back to me about how he knew Eric Anderson since he was 14 years old. And, you know, because he was, he was a city kid, and, and um, it, it's just a, a sad, sad day, yes, but it also takes you down high school basketball memory lane and how great of a player, a dominating player. He'd be the number one player in Illinois right now, you know, uh, if he were playing today. Uh, went to Indiana, was a star, so... Just a little bit of a, a look back and a tribute to one of the great players in high school basketball history in Illinois, Eric Anderson.
1: Yeah, that was the first news I heard when I woke up this morning, which uh, that's too bad. I did not see him play. He was before my time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, my take here, a little weird, I guess, um, but I'm thinking about uh, March in uh, central Illinois. Uh, I, I That Bloomington-Leo game over the weekend was just spectacular. There were a lot of spectacular games, but that one, I, I, I thought I was watching two teams I I could very well see in Peoria in March. You know, Leo clearly is the two-way favorite. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. A heavy favorite, I think. But Dan, or, or sorry, um, Bloomington. Um, Bloomington was, boy, you know, Chris Payton obviously is a monster, but they had s- the other bigs and other, they just, they really blew me away. I saw a little bit of them against Chaminade. I was, you know, writing during that one. Um at the Chicago league classic, which was a huge win for them. And they lost to Danville by three points uh, this week as well. They're, they're both going to Pontiac, but they are also both in the sectional wherever it happens to be held. Um, it was a peak in last year with Belleville West. So you're looking at a top three in that sectional of Belleville West and EJ Liddell, Danville and Bloomington. I'm not sure we're going to have a sectional in this area with three teams that good. And it's going to be, Really difficult, I think, for Belleville West to get out of there harder than we thought, or definitely harder than I thought. And it might as the defending champs and you know possibly the best team, they are definitely going to have a dogfight getting to Peoria. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, then they, you know, you get through Danville and Bloomington, and then go play in the ISU Super Sectional. Uh, Belleville also has to. The underrated part of that is they always have to travel, uh, and those are not easy trips you know, wherever they end up going. So, yeah, I, I I guess Peyton had, I think, 38 points in the game against Danville, Danville, so, he, so wow. he must have been a monster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are – it's going to be – that's what's going to make Pontiac pretty fun, too, just oh to have Bloomington and Danville. <laughs> yeah. And kind of seeing what you're saying in, you know, matching up against the Chicago area, some of the Chicago area powers. Uh, my second take is – you know, the the shootouts have become the norm and the events are meant to attract the best teams and the best players and a lot of times they don't live up to it. You know, and we don't have the the marquee high profile superstar national players that we've had, you know, in the past. You know, I I think back to some of the great moments in high school basketball and they involve the shootout, you know, it's whether it be Quentin Richardson against Corey Maggette in 1998 playing up at Welsh Ryan arena and uh, Evan Turner and Derek Rose when they went at it. Uh, John Shire took on Greg Oden, um, you know, Jillian Brunson and Tyler Eulis face each other off in, in my one sides collide shootout. You know, we don't have those names, but when this weekend I went into it, yeah, excited. I thought it was going to be good, good matchups. All, all our in-state teams kind of battling, going at each other, but man, did the, the performances, the individual performances, you know, the, you mentioned the games were really good, and they definitely were, Mike, but the individual performances were terrific this past weekend. Uh, and, and that's what I came away with. You know, Marquise Kennedy, we talked about Marquise Kennedy, and I don't have their point total on 30, 36 or 34, but, I mean, he looked a part of, and I kept saying, you know, Loyola got a steal with both Tom Welch and Marquise Kennedy – but he, I mean, he's a he was a borderline high major prospect, and he looked the part of a high major. He was the best prospect on that day uh, at that event, and you know he he was just terrific. You know, Keyshawn Williams, of bloom, was terrific. A uh, junior, of the guard, Morgan Park or Adam Miller had thirty one. Um, Jerry Jeremiah Hernandez, the best I've seen Jeremiah Hernandez play in four years. He was engaged, he was he was playing hard, he was impacting the game in multiple ways. Uh, I think he had 36 points. And Ray J. Dennis, the Oswego East, sharp shooting, smooth guard, headed to Boise State. A little quiet, a little slow start, and this erupts in the fourth quarter with 26 points. Finishes with, I think he had 32 or 34 points. Uh, brought them back from double digits down, and, and yeah, I, I was just kind of blown away by the performances, individual performances, particularly in that, that first day uh, of the Team Roach uh, shootout at, at Mount Carmel.
1: Yeah, boy, the scary thing for me about the Jeremiah Hernandez performance was that was the second time in a row I'd seen him do it. I thought maybe on Sunday when I saw him, you know, last Sunday, that was going to be like a, a one-off, <laughs> but then he did it the next game. He has apparently just kind of moved up a, a whole level.
0: Oh, no, he has, and, and and I go back to the Evanston game I watched, and, you know, he didn't go off for 30-plus, but he had 20-some, and, and, but it's it's about him impacting the game in, in a variety of ways, which a guy like Marquise Kennedy does. That's why Marquise Kennedy is so kind of overlooked. I mean, we all know he's a star, but I mean, as a prospect, because he impacts the game defensively, like... I don't remember many guards that, that do what he does, from block shots to steals to getting down in a stance and, and defending. And He was one of the few guys that day, and I was even sitting there talking with a college coach about it, uh, that was a willing, willing defender that wanted to get out and defend. And uh, you know, it's, it, Sometimes you don't get that in high school, but Marquise Kennedy is that guy.
1: Boy, you are 100% right, and it's funny how much you notice that when it does happen that's why earlier when I was talking about Malik Williams a sophomore from Farragut I mean mm. the way he was playing defense was just so immediately noticeable because yeah as you said it just it is a, a really rare thing um all right let's uh well the weekend review is our segment yeah
0: we talked a little bit about some <laughs> yeah. in, in this but I mean we'll just keep it going here a little bit Mike with with kind of what we took and what we saw from not just the, even that shootout I mean I mentioned. Um, the Naperville Central, I went to the Naperville Central and North game and and because I wanted to see some prospects as far as the, the Naperville Central kids. But uh, While we're talking about Marquise Kennedy, I, I can't quit talking about what Porter Mosier has coming in. Tom Welch is another player that has taken his game to another level. He doesn't have a whole lot going with him in Naperville North as far as pure talent, what they've had in recent years. Uh, Gene Nolan is doing a fantastic job of utilizing him and putting him in the best situation, though. Uh, he is so versatile, Mike. He's, his body—he looks great, six eight, athletic. He's bringing the ball down for them. He, he's, uh, you know, defensively blocking shots, rebounding. He's just filling the stat sheet. And so Friday night, he he was again just a dynamic figure in that Naperville North game. Um, and I know you spent some mid-suburban. We, well, actually, last week since the podcast, you and I again we were both hit the mid-suburban league games as well.
1: Yeah, boy, um, I watched the Rolling Meadows-Buffalo-Grove game. Very impressive performances from the the, kid, the two kids I went to kind of mainly see, you know, Rolling Meadows sophomore Max Christie and Buffalo Grove freshman Cam Craft. Cam Craft, uh, I guess a lot of Drew Peterson in know, maybe, I, I would say. Um, both of them were very good, but, you know, the Rolling Meadows team did not play well around Max Christie. I'm a little worried about that, how that's going to go throughout the year. It sounds like I caught them on a pretty bad night overall. So that was a little worrisome.
0: Yeah, I, I saw them earlier in the week, which I went into it kind of expecting what was going to happen, and that was a friend manhandling uh, just offensively. They still do what they do. Uh, Wiedlowski, Coach Wielowski just does a great job of of their style, their system, their culture, Fremd is the best team. I mean, I haven't seen Schaumburg, but I'd I be hard-pressed to think that anybody in the mid-suburban league is better than Fremd. They just kind of took apart, did what they wanted uh, in that Buffalo girl game, and uh, took him completely out of the game too. So, uh, yeah, I we've had some, you know, good prospect teams and good Fremd teams, but I don't think there's a team in the mid-suburban league. Uh, I've spent a lot of time here now with Rolling Meadows, Hersey, Fremd, and Buffalo. It's the most mid suburban league action I've seen by December 10th in a long time. And and I just think it's kind of going to beat up each other. And and there's not a Fremd's best, but they're not anywhere near what they were that year that they went undefeated. Yeah.
1: Uh, My biggest, I think we have to mention how that Bloom Morgan Park game, such a statement from Bloom. I gave serious thought to making Bloom number one. They have the best resume by far right now in the area. And then that great win against Morgan Park, they were up 57 to 40 with three minutes left in the third quarter. Just, they were running Morgan Park out of the gym. At that point, the game really changed. Uh, Dante Maddox, the Bloom coach, referred to it as rugby from there on out. Uh, Morgan Park just really got physical and mucked things up, and the referees didn't know how to handle it and it turned into just a massive free throw shooting mess of a game after that. And Morgan park did manage to get themselves back in it um, and made it closer, but it almost made it more impressive that we saw bloom straight up outplay them basketball wise. And then we saw bloom handle kind of the mental aspect of it in a high level shootout.
0: Yeah. They were ultra impressive. And where everybody was high on bloom coming in the season that's where they ranked where they were they 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 have division one talent on the i'm a huge Keyshawn williams fan and he was he was terrific in in that game uh martice mitchell 6'9 big kid another division one prospect I, I i like the team but i i just think that that win is going to set is going to be a tone setter for them going forward and you're you gonna put the number one over Young?
1: Yeah. Young lost. Um, Bloom has now beaten three ranked teams. Nobody else has like even played three.
0: Well, I mean that Young again is playing all the national teams, and they did beat a ranked team by 35 in yeah. Illinois.
1: They did, but yeah, Bloom's nine and zero with the best resume, and that win over Morgan Park was just to me, yeah, it was super impressive. I, I mean, I, I seriously considered it. Without a doubt
0: but um, this is not the Morgan Park of
1: I, I, I just watched them beat Bogan who I thought I, was
0: so... but if you to, if you had to take all of Nick urban's teams at at Morgan Park just sample size of what we have right now and compare it to all of his teams
1: yeah but I'm not comp- I'm comparing them to the rest of the area and I still think they're a top five team
0: yeah they're they're they probably are yeah But I just—I
1: mean, I agree with what you say. They're definitely not as good as some of these other teams, but they're the best we've got (laughs) around here. And they just—they had just beaten Bogan um, in a pretty great performance that I saw. You know, where they were down 16 in that one, I believe, and came back to win. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Bloom definitely could would have deserved the number one ranking the way they played. I couldn't believe the depth. Uh, Justin Moore came off the bench. He was his name was wrong in the program, so. I regret that it was moot. <laughs> well, story. And, Seventeen points scored on I mean, the bench,
0: and that night we we got we got three really good games in a row. Oh yeah, I mean Saint Viator Oswego East 72-69 game with some high level performances, like we mentioned. I, I, you know and Trey Calvin was terrific too. I mean he and then did always does
1: with the rebound? <laughs> Nobody talks about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah uplift brother Rice yeah. went
0: to overtime. Uh, you know. And then the bloom, Margaret, Anybody was there, they just went at each other. I mean, it was uh, a, a pretty high level game. And then, uh, and again, I, I went to see Notre Dame and Saint Lawrence. We haven't talked about Saint Lawrence really at all. I got them featured a little bit in some in, in my column this week. But keep an eye on Saint Lawrence, man. I mean, <laughs> they, they they got some scoring pop on the perimeter. Jeremiah Williams, who Mike and I have both talked about, you know is really evolving into a pretty special player. He, 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 he fills a stat sheet. He doesn't force things. He's a smooth, long six, three, six, four perimeter threat. Uh, they don't have much size. That could be a problem. I mean, they don't six, three is about it for them, but they have some, some really good offensive pieces and, you know, their three best offensive pieces. Lance Jackson's a senior, and he, he's rock-solid, steady guy for them. But their three kind of biggest offensive pieces are juniors, so they're one to watch. They're 8-1 and one right now. They started out fast last year, and they didn't stumble, but they, didn't, they still won 20 games. But they're another 3A team that won a regional last year, and then I think they got thumped pretty good by Morgan Park, I think. Um, but mm-hmm. – I, you know, there it's going to be interesting to see if they can what they can do when when they play some of the top teams in the Chicago Catholic League.
1: Yeah, great week for them. Got them into the rankings um, with the three big wins they had for sure. I guess yeah. My last thing, hey, I guess, more, but Martise Mitchell. I mean, uh, Scott Burgess was rolling his eyes when I said it, but hey, you know, whenever I talk about prospects, but I'm not. Sh- I think if I, I'm not sure. There's a junior I've seen that's a better prospect than him. I know some of the guards have bigger national profiles, but I mean, he was not even, he just didn't force anything in that game. He was five for nine from the field, 14 points, seven boards, five blocks, two of three from three point range. I mean, to me, that is just something else. I think he's just going to continue. He is so much better. I guess my point is than he was at the end of last season. It's kind of unbelievable to me. And if he continues that progression over the next two full seasons, I feel like he's just going to be a uh, I think he can get nationally ranked. Am I crazy?
0: No, he's, I mean, he, he's the most underrated prospect in Illinois that people don't talk about. This, this goes back to our segment, Mike, from last week, where the question was the prospect versus player. You know, Martise Mitchell's not going to average 22 and 13 this year, but he is going to continue to climb as a, I mean, he's been my number four ranked prospect in the class since uh i don't know the springtime so yeah there shouldn't be any eye rolling at you there mike because he's he's clearly i know know other people don't have him ranked high but uh he's six nine he is long he runs the floor his face-up game is getting better and better college coaches love him they're just letting you know the, the biggest part for him is he does not have an inside game and part of it's because of the lack of physicality if you see his body it's just He's just physically weak, and he doesn't have a body that's going to. He, he's always going to be slender, but I mean, what is going to happen is you're going to continue to see his face-up game, his touch. Uh, he knocked down a three, he knocked down a little face-up jumper two, two from fifteen. Two threes, yeah. He was yeah, two three so, from
1: three. It was crazy.
0: And his length and the way he yeah. you, you don't find six-nine guys that can can move like him. So yeah, he's he's my number four ranked prospect, and in that class behind Adam Miller, DJ Stewart, and Tyler Beard. And, you know, those first three guys are all ranked by somebody in the top 100. It wouldn't be a, you know, a stretch to say Mitchell between now and July, you know, were to sneak into that top 100. I mean, it might be a little bit of a reach, but you don't – the way big men develop is is crazy. I mean, you just don't know where – where they're going to be three months and six months and nine months. So, yeah, I and I got Martise Mitchell as the fourth best prospect. Keyshawn Williams, another guy that not many people have ranked super high. I've got him as a sixth ranked prospect. He's got a gear and another level athletically. He does things in the class, in this class, that other guys don't do in the class from an athletic standpoint. So, you know, I and you know, I love them both. So they're both in my top six.
1: Yeah, athletically, he and Chris Payton. Were the two guys? Who, it might just be like that one movement, like that one thing Keyshawn Williams did with like the the fake when he went up on the. uh It wasn't well, a dunk. He, it was just a layup. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You uh, thought he was going to dunk it, and he yeah. dunk play, you know?
0: <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. but he, he he can turn the corner like really not very many guys in this class can. Even that some of the guys at the top of the class yeah aren't as athletic as as uh, Keyshawn Williams.
1: It was uh, if you can't tell. Um, the, the Bloom performance was something else. and Yeah,
0: because – and we haven't even mentioned the fact that, you know, all four of their juniors took turns impacting that game. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dante Maddox Jr. is a 6'2", kind of combo guard, score, shooter. Uh, he, you know, he was good. And, and Donovan Newby was – had big moments in that game. So all four rose for the occasion and, and really were the story of the of the weekend.
1: And it helped make that shootout. You know, we had the big individual performances, but then to see a team arrive like that, you know, and, and establish themselves over a dominant public league program, just get rounded out the night and the day. And it, it was kudos to Team Rose, Mike Oliver, Gerald Oliver for putting that on. That was awesome. Uh, anything else you want to hit about the week, Joe?
0: No, no I mean, just the, just the fact that it, it. when you have a weekend like that with player performances like that and games like that, it makes the podcast a lot more fun. It
1: sure does. Like, as we go east, um, that was my first look at them. And, you know, that was a good game for sure. I I guess I don't want to say I was disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. I guess I was a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> What's I had, the word? I had very high hopes for them. and I And I still do. Um, yeah. I just think I expected a little bit more and we saw it at the end, you know, Ray J Dennis heated up and they ended so well. I just wished I would have seen more of that. I guess the first three quarters. They're going to have to figure
0: out the, at the defensive end, they're going to, they're going to have to become a little bit more testy and grindier on the defensive end. And, you know, they're going to score points. You know, Ray J Dennis is obviously a, a dynamic scorer who, you know, he can he, he, and I've seen him almost be too unselfish yeah. in, in in the past. Uh, you know, he, he is a very good passer, and he does make people better. So that's a big plus for him. But he's also, you know, we saw him, well, he saw in the fourth quarter, he took single-handedly, brought him back 26 points. Sam Schultz is a big man who's very versatile. And so, yeah. They,
1: Cam Battle yeah, I, didn't have the best game.
0: No. They need and, more from him. Yeah, and, and I just think where they're going to have to find a way to, to, to beat this state's best teams is on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, Damari Grant adds a lot. Good to have another guy that can handle the ball. So, yeah, the pieces are all there. Um, it'll be fun to watch them going on. So let's take a look at the week, which is interesting. Tuesday, as you listen to this, we got uh, Waukegan, Libertyville. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, Curie is at Morgan Park oh boy yeah,
0: publicly tuesday curie <laughs> yeah. at morgan park Simeon at bogan and
1: Simeon at bogan i at this point have no idea where i'm going um i thought the madeline kenny was going to be helping out with a game so we'd have both of them covered but she can't so i don't know it's going to be a tough one i might have to post a poll on that um i think i'm going to bogan oh really yeah it's it, you know you want to see the Simeon young kids how they respond in bogan you know but then curie morgan park's going to be such a yeah, I, I don't know what to One and three, Simeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about that? Um, and, and, wow, is this the least we've ever talked about Simeon on a podcast?
0: <laughs> the most, the least we talk about on the start of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, also, Hinsdale South, Willowbrook is a pretty good game on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, New Trier at Glenbrook South. That is what I am leaning towards on Wednesday. Should be a good one. Uh, Crane is at Uplift. Newly ranked Lane is at Marshall. North Lawndale is at Farragut. Or is it Lincoln Park? That's about as good as that Red Northwest can line up as far as close and games.
0: A, and kind of a weird Wednesday night. New Trier Glenbrook South on a Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and Romeoville, Bolingbrook. So, yeah, it's a nice yeah. Wednesday. A lot, of, a lot of good games. A Thursday, Notre Dame is at Marion Catholic. Morgan Park is at Kenwood. And Simeon is at Curie. Don't know where I'm going, but <laughs> Friday, there isn't really a marquee matchup, but there's some interesting ones. Fenwick's at Providence St. Mel, Loyola at St. Rita, Niles North at Evanston. Hopefully Geneva will play at St. Charles East. they got the teacher strike going on there. Conan I think they
0: settled, it. settled oh. it today.
1: Oh, they did? Oh, cool. All uh, right. they, voted,
0: they voted on it today. So.
1: All right, well, fingers crossed. Conan at Schomburg, Crane at Orr, Farragut at Newly Ranked Lane, Lincoln Park at Young, Uplifts at Marshall, Plainfield East is at the barn to take on the Steelman. And probably the big, well, definitely the biggest game. Bloom is at home with Flossmoor. That's, to me, like the worst possible opponent for Bloom in the midst of this, <laughs> you know, upsurge. Yeah, you don't
0: want, who's Bloom play Friday?
1: HF, that's the, it's Friday.
0: Oh, that's Friday. Do they yeah. play, is that their first game since?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. Um, okay. But yeah, that's,
0: that, 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 that oh, does stink, Kevin, they're going to be We'll see, you know.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a huge, it sounds weird, but that's a huge test to make sure they take care of business um, at HF and that one. Saturday is interesting. Um, I might head up north to see Cary Grove at Crystal Lake Central at
0: 1.30. Fox Valley action. Yeah,
1: I need to see Timmer, Alex Timmerman and uh, the Cary Grove. Matinee. Sophomores, I've heard good things about.
0: Is there any reason why they're all playing the Fox Valley Conference at one thirty?
1: Maybe just so people will come. (laughs) I don't know, but I might have to make the drive from uh, Crystal Lake all the way down to Chicago Heights Uh, (laughs) because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to miss Waukegan Marian Catholic at six thirty. That's going to be fun. Um, Also, Benedict to Paul. I mean, that's a great game at five game. at DePaul. So yeah, it's a good, there's a shooter at Crete-Money, shooter at Collins that are both pretty good. Mundelein is at Glenbrook North. Prosser is at Naperville North. Um, they picked up a nice win over the week. So it's an interesting Saturday. Sunday, the Collins shootout continues, but no marquee game. I think I will have an, I'm going to need a day to sit down and spend about five hours in the rankings on Sunday because I was very rushed yesterday, which was difficult with all the action that had happened. So, fun week. Um, And then the holiday tournament brackets are almost all out. Uh, Not no York yet. I think that's Wednesday night that comes out. And the Dipper, no one knows. Um, They have one? Yeah. Uh, Allegedly, I need to start asking some of the coaches what they've heard because no one is contacting me. But the rest of them are all up on the site. We'll get into that, um, I think, in two podcasts. But we'll be back next week. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody.